0: My name is Chris Ferguson. Joining me is Tristan Lord my co-host. And we have with us UFC welterweight, Jake the Celtic Kid Matthews. He's sitting just outside the top 15. And he's. Uh, we last saw him in action in June of this year. He scored a second round TKO against Andre Fialo and a pretty masterful performance. He's 7-1 and one at 170 pounds now. Before we get into the rest of the interview, mate... What's been happening since uh, since we saw you last?
1: Oh man, just um, been been keeping in training. You know, obviously trying to get another fight. I've been quite active, calling guys out, trying to get a top fifteen opponent. Um, you know, at the end of the day, a fight's a fight. But I feel like at this point in my career, I'd be good to get a, a ranked guy. You know, what I mean, it's I've had sixteen fights in the UFC, and you can only punch the time card so many times. So I want to make these, you know, I'll make these next next few fights really count. So, uh, yeah, we're just staying in the gym. You know, I could be I could be fight fit in three, four weeks and be on weight. So, we're just sort of keeping that fitness, maintaining it. And when we get the call up, we're good to go.
0: Yeah, mate, you've been uh, pretty vocal online about trying to get a fight put together. You glossed over for UFC Paris. You've called out Ponzinibbio, Wonderboy, God knows who else. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's the reason we got you in today. We're going to get you to break down the welterweight top 15 and maybe ruffle some feathers, I'm sure. And uh, I don't know. You, you can tell us what's going, uh, what the hell's going on at 170 pounds. I think. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I don't know. I've, you know, I've, I've I've watched a few of these top 15 guys, and I think I think the top 15 is a bit stale at the moment. These guys seem to be very careful on who they pick to fight. Um, you know, I, I always always gave one the benefit benefit of the doubt and thought that they just fight anyone. Um, that's the way I've approached my career, and I thought all fighters were the same, but obviously not. Um, even to the point where I've had fighters, you know, like Ponzinibbio blocked me on Instagram, so I couldn't tag him anymore. Um, you know, I, I do understand to an extent that, you know, I'm just outside the rankings, so, you know, I'm obviously a dangerous fight for them. So if they lose, they probably lose their spot in the rankings. But I don't see how else I'm supposed to progress into the rankings. Um, so that's that's you know sitting around number 19 in the world. I think that's probably that's, that's sort of the next the next step is a top 15 fight. Uh, yeah, you know, I've been watching the last few welterweight matchups. I haven't been impressed. You know, I, I, I reckon I'd um, you know, towel up uh, like Daniel Rodriguez, you know, guys like that. I've beaten Jingliang already. Um, you know, so the, these guys don't necessarily impress me. I definitely think I, I deserve to be in the top 15 and I'd do very well in the top 15. It's just a matter of getting someone who'll accept the fight. You know, and it might come down to, you know, getting, getting one more in the TR might mean that I might just have to just take someone with a decent name, but outside the top fifteen.
2: Um, just on that too, Jake, like looking at the top fifteen, and you know, there is actually quite a lot of people that aren't, you know, don't have a fight book or anything like that. So they're free right now. Um and if you wouldn't mind, man, I'm thinking maybe we just go through one by one from 15 to number one and just kind of break down the top fifteen, how you'd match up against them and if you're interested in the fight. At number fifteen, man, we have Michelle Pereira. So he's quite a dynamic striker, Brazilian guy, um, pretty unorthodox, um, comes out with flying knees, all sorts of things.
1: Um, how do you think you stuck with against him then? Yeah, well, you know, I've, I mean, I've he's fought Fialho. And going off that fight, he didn't seem to put Fialho in too much danger. I did. So I know MMA math doesn't really work that way. But, you know, because I, I fought Diego Sanchez as well. And um, so so has Pereira. So we've we fought similar guys. And I think I've put more of a hurt on the opponents we've fought. So, yeah, I mean, you know, just, just that sharp straight down the line boxing will shut down all his bouncy, flippy shit, I reckon. So And that's a matchup. A lot of people on social media have, have actually mentioned that matchup and said they'd love to see it. So, it's just a matter of him accepting it, I guess.
0: And that uh, number 14, D-Rod, just got uh, one over Lee recently and, and just got rebooked, mate, before you. Uh, what's going on there?
1: Yeah, i never, I never actually seen... Rod fight before for the the Jing Liang fight. So from from what I was hearing, um, I would have thought he was a very very good striker, knocking everyone out uh, from the Jing Liang fight. Obviously, I know I know there's a bit of stuff around and it probably threw him off mentally, but I wasn't impressed at all. I think he's very basic in terms of striking. Both him and Jing Lang are what I call com- uh, combination strikers. So they throw combinations for the sake of it, not necessarily reading what's there. Um, whereas I, I read the openings I don't have set, we don't have set combinations that we throw. How, however, my fist has to get to your face, that's the path it's going to take. Um, yeah, so I just think I think uh, in, in regards to him and Jing Liang, they're both very basic in that last fight.
2: Uh, moving to number 13, brother um, Neil Magney, bit of a staple in the welterweight division for quite some time now man. Uh, how do you think you match up against him?
1: Yeah, very well. another guy I've tried to call out I think, you know, I'd be able to get par- – I think I'd beat him at, at, a, at a distance striking. So if we were to fight at length, I'd beat him. And if I was to close the distance, I think he's too tall to be able to take me down. And I think uh, at, at range or in the pocket, I'd be able to put the hurt on him. And I've actually had had multiple – I just sometimes just go get into my own head and I just have a vision and I just – I keep be- envisioning myself knocking him out. So I think he'd be a guy We'd – it'd be a good stand-up battle. Um. I think I'd just close the distance too fast for someone of that uh, length.
0: Uh, we're up to number 12, Michael Chiesa. Yeah, I don't think he's fought in a little while now, has he? Yeah, yeah he I, couldn't, I mean,
1: I think, I think he's got
0: good jiu-jitsu, I
1: think. That's about that's about all I know about Chiesa. Um, I mean, for the next one, off the back of the last fight. So, I've never said no to a fight. I've never picked and choose opponents. And I'm not doing that. At, at this time, but off the back of the last fight, it'd be good to just, it'd be good to just belt all of the best strikers. So if anyone thinks that this person's a good striker, okay, put me against them and I'll beat them. That's sort of the the mindset that I had at the moment, you know, in terms of trying to get an opponent. But, um, you know, and then once I get to close to the top five or to contendership, if I have to fight a heavy grappler, then I would, um, you know, but in saying that, you know, if I had to fight Kiesa, I guess I'd work take down defense and you know, just uh just keep on the feet.
2: Number eleven man, we actually do have a bit of a grappler, although he's also a, a bit of a striker as well. Um Shavkat Rachmanov. Definitely got the hardest to pronounce name in the division. Um but uh a bit of a dark horse in, in there as well. Like I think he is undefeated. And um it yeah, is. have you have you heard about him and, and what do you think about him, man?
1: Yeah, I have. He looks looks very dangerous. Um you know, obviously, in, in terms of my sort of what I have envisioned for the next few fights, a guy I'd I'd try, you know, I'd, I'd rather fight him in, in two or three fights' time after I get to fight a few strikers. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything bad to say about him. He seems very humble. You know, he gets in, gets the job done. Made made Magny look almost amateurish. So he's definitely a dangerous guy for the division. I think I think he'll be up up near the top very quick.
0: And then after that, at number ten is Vicente Luque, coming off of two losses at the moment.
1: Yeah, another guy. I think I'm, I think I might have mentioned him. A lot of other people have mentioned him on social media as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think everyone has their their peak. I think he's passed his his prime in the sport, based off the last, especially the last fight against um, Jeff Neal. So, you know, if you if you can avoid his his big winging power punches. I think I'd, you know, in terms of technical boxing, I'd I'd outstrike him for sure.
0: Whereabouts do you think he should sit? uh, Sorry, whereabouts do you think he should be fighting next? He's on a two-fight skid. Surely fighting down? Is he fighting that far down that he's uh, fighting out of the rankings at this point?
1: Well, if he is, then I'll I'll take that fight. Um, I mean, if he's not, if he doesn't have anything booked or lined up, I might, I might message the matchmakers today. You mentioned that. Um, Get that in. Yeah, I I didn't know he was on a two-fight losing streak. I thought it was just the one. But uh, if that's the case, and he's, but he's actually, so he's dropped from number six to number 10. So, you know, and I guess beggars can't be choosers. If you're on a two-fight losing streak, you, sh- you should have to fight who the UFC tell you to fight. I don't think you get to, to dictate who you want to fight off, uh, off two losses.
2: Uh, moving on to number nine, bro, we have Jorge Masvidal. So obviously no introductions needed there. Um, how do you feel about the flying knee, bro?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's you know he's, he's a big character and he's he's done quite well for himself. I was surprised when I looked at the rankings to see that he was number nine. I thought he was still up up ranked higher than that. But um, I didn't bother calling him out because you know even even though he's ranked number nine, he's probably going to get the more high profile fights. There was talks of him fighting McGregor. You know, I, I back myself against anyone, and especially you know against strikers. I think. Uh, I can stand up with any striker in the division, and he's a striker. So, you know, I'd have no issues fighting him. But it was someone I didn't even bother calling out because I think they're only going to save him for those big profile fights, uh, like, you know, with like the Diaz's and the McGregor's and whatnot. So, you know, may- maybe down the track we'll get a fight in. But, but yeah, always back myself
0: against these guys. Number eight, someone you have a bit of experience with young Sean Brady, the, uh, the young jiu-jitsu pro- prodigy. Sorry. Any, any inkling of, of trying to get that one back or uh, save that one for a little bit? What do you reckon? Yeah, again, it's,
1: it's not someone I'm going to bother calling out because the way the UFC work, you're not going to get a rematch until we're, until we're both like maybe top 10 or top 5 and, and we might be like the main, the main event on a fight night potentially or yep. if we're like top 5 and there's no other fights to make, that's the only way you're going to get a rematch. They don't, they don't really do them that often. Um, but yeah, so I get one of one of the ones that I've left, and I guess that's 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 sort of a goal of mine. I said it after our fight, um, and mind you, I felt very 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 confident in that fight. It was just a few a few things game plan wise. Um, you know, obviously my boxing went really well in that fight, and I believe if, if I was able to throw in that fight the way I did against Fialho, the fight the, the result would have been the same. So. If we were to fight again, I'd be very, very confident. And uh, but yeah, I don't see that happening until we're both, you know, a bit higher in the rankings.
2: Um and moving on to the next one. So we have number seven, uh, somebody who you've called out before. Um the karate kid Wonderboy himself, um Stephen Thompson. How do you feel about that that kind of matchup, man?
1: Yeah, good. I mean, I the only I think the only really thing you have to watch out for is, is those counter kicks out of uh, an exchange. You know, left kick comes up very quick. So, if we're in the pocket and we're striking and I create distance, that's really the only danger that I've seen with his fights, um, especially lately. And, obviously, he uses those kicks well to keep maintain distance, and he's quite long. So, I'd have to break through that distance and get in close. But, um, yeah, another guy I'd be confident standing up with him. Nothing but respect for, for Steven. You know, he's a legend. He's a big name. I don't think I got a response when I called him out. Um... But I can only try. I can only try. So, but yeah. Um, but it, like you can see, the top, the top. You know, the first, you know, six or seven inside the top fifteen are, are, are majority strikers. So that's yeah. who I was focusing on. I think the highest ranked guy I called out was Stephen Thompson. I do like the idea of that fight um, purely because it's he's a good striker, and um, mm. and obviously, you know, the UFC are pretty good. They, they, they'll entertain any fight. Unless I say I want to fight for a title, the next fight, then obviously no. But within reason, they'll entertain any fight, and they'll they'll ask. So, obviously, um, you know, Thompson probably thinks I have to to climb a little bit higher in the ranking to fight him. But you know, if it was worth a shot, you know, if I get the fight against him, a very good striking bout, and if I got the win, you know, probably it probably jump me straight into the top ten. So I'd sort of bypass the first five in the top fifteen, um, and it would just sort of. You know, accelerate the
0: process to getting to the top five. Yeah, so we're at number six now. So I guess from here on in, your your shot of getting a fight in with them next is, you know, probably not the best. But I'd love to get your take on these lads anyway, and, and how you might match up with them in the future. So we got Jeff Neal, who's coming off the uh, the win over Vicente Luque. That lad's got some power in his hands for sure.
1: Yeah, has he got many knockouts lately?
0: I don't know, but that.
1: I know, I know. I know yeah, you guys nice. hit hard, but I haven't, haven't seen. You know, there's a thing, yeah, there's got there's guys who hit hard, and there's guys who hit. I, I call it hitting different. They mm. don't necessarily swing big power punches, but they're the ones that put your lights out. Like you know, not in the division, but guys like um, O'Malley, for example. Mm. It looks like he's just flicking his wrist, but it's it's the way they hit. You know, McGregor doesn't necessarily it looks like he puts a lot into his strikes, but a different sort of, sort of hits. And I, I think Neil, you know, it's a type of hits that they're big clubbering hits and it's not, you know, it does damage, but not that much chance of getting knocked out. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, before he won the fight with Luque, I was trying to get that fight. Um, he's obviously climbed up like really high in the rankings now and he, he, he's, he beat Ponzinibbio as well, which is another fight I wanted. Um, yeah, but I, I'd be more than confident, especially these guys who, like, again, I, I think he's another... Combination fighter, you'll just you'll just throw for the sake of it. He's not necessarily reading what's happening in the fight. Um, so no, I, I just I just try to pick him apart with counters.
2: Um just curious on that one too, Jake. Like um, I think Jeff is Southpaw, so how how do you how do you match up against Southpaw, and do you have a lot of them coming in mean, your gym and stuff, or?
1: Yeah, um, well, I do spar with with quite a few Southpaw, almost almost every sparring session, um, and, and a lot of the time I'll switch Southpaw. I'm pretty ambidextrous in that sense. Um, You know, if I was to switch, I I don't. I've done it. I didn't the last fight, but if I was to switch, you probably have a hard time picking if I'm orthodox or southpaw. Um, I'm quite good on both sides. Uh, A lot of my my sparring partners will get me to switch southpaw if they have a fight coming up with a southpaw. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'd say like to the point where I I don't know if I'm orthodox or southpaw. I've fought my my whole career and all my training's always been orthodox that's just because you're taught, you know, you're right-handed, you're orthodox, but, um, but yeah, oh, I've got notion of the Southpaw's, I'll switch up and fight him in Southpaw. Um, yeah, more than confident.
2: Super awesome, man. Uh, moving up to number five, we have a bit of a fan favorite, um, okay. Bilal <laughs> Muhammad. I don't know Bilal which fans,
1: are, I don't know which fans are his favorite. Um, I mean, he, he's done well. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't need to win fights. I guess that's that's all I have to say. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's done well.
0: He's a very, he's very polarizing and Brady, figure, and
1: isn't he? And Brady are fighting next. I don't know. I don't know how that fight's going to go. Fuck. Um, I guess the two can get on top and hold hold the guy first, or we win. Um, you know, it is M- MMA at the end of the day, so. Yeah, if that's what you have to do to win fights and that's what you got to do. And the rest of us, we just got to figure out how to, how to bypass that, you know what I mean? Um, which would basically be any time you're up on your feet trying to make and pay and inflict damage and, and, you know, primarily not end up on the ground in the first place.
0: All right, heading into, oh, we're already in the top five, heading to number four, Gilbert Burns. Where do you think he is in his career at the moment? Going into
1: the Mayev fight, I, I thought maybe maybe past his prime, but after the fight, he's he's not. He's still he's still very very uh, relevant in the division, um, very dangerous fighter. So, yeah, I mean he's 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 very well rounded. He's one of the you know in, in the ways going through them now, they're actually you know, um, they're either they're either grapple heavy or they're sort of striking heavy. They're not they're not really. Um, well-versed in all areas. So he, he's one of the guys that are, uh, he's dangerous anywhere. So, you know, if, if let's say I was to fight him eventually, um, I'd keep my mind open and work all aspects from, you know, the striking to potentially even trying to take him down to the ground. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite, quite a big fan
2: of Gilbert's. Yeah, he's a super awesome dude, man. Super nice and respectful. So uh, moving up to number three, man, um, Hamzat Jumayev the Wolf himself, man, um, would love to get your opinion on, I guess, you know, his kind of, uh, weight, like his miss missing, missing weight last, last fight at UC 279, man. Yeah. What do you think about that whole situation?
1: Yeah. Um, I I, like, you know, I'd say if, if you know you're struggling making weight, then you should, should obviously change weight, but maybe, maybe that was the fight where it was a tipping point where he realizes he has to go up a weight class. You know, it happens, um, You know, I've been in that situation where my last two fights at at lightweight, I uh, I passed out and had a seizure in one of the fights, and then the so against against Kevin Lee, yeah, against Kevin Lee, I had a seizure cutting weight, and then the last fight, um, which was back in Melbourne, after the fight, I went into partial renal failure, so the kidneys started failing a little bit, Um, and that was sort of the wake up call. Obviously, like if I could, I would have taken Chimaev's. You know, route and just not finish cutting weight. Um, obviously, you know, I had a bit of a lung condition for for a period of time. The kidney shutting down, having seizures. It's obviously not good. So definitely smart decision to put the weight back on and rehydrate. If you if he was suffering that bad, can't hold that against anyone. You know, your he health got to come first. Um, I think he, I think he now he has said he's going to move up to up to middleweight. So he's obviously you know doesn't want to miss weight anymore. Struggling a lot, so he's going to jump up to middleweight. So. But he, he's done well for himself, I and mean, I got nothing, nothing bad to say about him. Um, you know, th- he's done what he has to do to
0: get his name out there, and uh, yeah, he's done well. Bet it. And number two, Colby Covington. Um, much of an opinion on that young lad. Again, he, he says what he has to say to
1: to be relevant. Um, you know, good fighter. He, he's kind of well-rounded, more grapple-heavy. Um, but yeah, I would I would have liked to see him and Chimaev fight, see what what Colby would do against someone who's obviously, in my opinion, a, a better, more aggressive, more powerful wrestler. Um, you know, Colby seems to to be able to get away with his wrestling, so I would have liked to see that fight. But with Chimaev moving up to 185, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, you know, I've I've watched Colby for a long time, and I always always thought to myself, if I can, uh, you know, negate his wrestling. I would have no issues, you know, doing some serious damage uh, stand-up. Um, I guess, yeah, I, I believe that with, with, with all the guys in the top 15. As long as I can avoid getting pinned down, um, which is something we've been working on a lot lately, then, um, yeah, I, I only need to hit you like once and then you're going to be on skates. And then I just need to take my time and that was evident in the last fight. So, yeah.
0: Um, just as a follow-up to that one. Sorry, Tristan, I'll just jump in there. Just as a follow-up, mate. Would you ever consider taking the sort of route that he's taken in terms of you know the way that he goes about trying to get a fight and, and you know all the shit talk and all the rest of that? Is that something that you would consider a persona like that if it come to it? Um, I've thought about it and I think I think I've
1: there's probably been little glimpses of on social media of where I've started to do that, but I think so. So when I talk to fighters about marketing themselves, I say you have to be consistent with. In terms of social media, you have to be consistent with content and consistent with your character. Um, I don't have the effort. I barely have the effort to keep consistent with content, let alone the character. Um, and it takes a lot of effort. People do understand. It's very, very tiring. And I think you have, you know, let's say, so I tell guys, you've got to exaggerate. Whatever your natural personality is, you have to exaggerate that. So, so Colby must have some sort of that, that you know, that arrogance, that ego, that must be something that he, he naturally has um, and that's part of his personality. He just exaggerates that a lot. Um, or, or he just he just loves running amok. I don't know. I, it's one or the other. But yeah, I just... I don't know. I just like to put my effort into training. Um, and yeah, I guess... I don't know. My, my character's more sort of modest, clean cut, which doesn't sell. No one wants to see that shit. So. Um, but... You know, I mean I think I think you have to in this sport, if if you're real and you be yourself.
0: Sorry, oh, about that. Fuck, you? man. No, you're all good, man. You're all good. We'll just move on to uh to Kamaru Usman real quickly and see if we can get that in before the phone dies again. So yeah, number one, Kamaru Usman, uh just knocked out by Leon Edwards. What's the um two bit of a two parter what's what do you think happens in the rematch there and how do you think you stack up against him if, if that ever fight comes about? Um, I think, I mean, the good, the last fight was, good. It was a good indicator to show everyone that
1: you're never out of the fight, you know what I mean, especially with MMA. If that was a boxing fight and Kamaru's the better boxer and he's been winning for four rounds, he's going to win the fight. Um, but that's the beauty with MMA is that you can pull anything out. It could be a submission, striking, takedowns, whatever it is. Um, there's always a chance to win. That's why in MMA you've always got this anxiety, even to the last 10 seconds, you have this anxiety in your stomach, like something could go wrong and you could lose. Um, so that was a, it was, was a good showing of, of that. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I, I think if they fought again, Usman would probably, probably win. I think that was probably a one in 10 chance of Leon landing that. Um, the way he landed it, the timing that he landed it in the last round. Um, yeah, but good on him though. Leon's a good striker. Again, it's a guy I always thought, you know, I'd be able to beat, um, you know, way back when, let alone now with... With um, you know, figuring out how to bring my striking into the fights, um, but yeah, I, I think I think Usman would come back and get the belt in the rematch if, if they do rematch. Um, yeah, I think I think I wouldn't say fluke, you know, I, I believe it was calculated and set up, but the chance of him doing something similar like that in the next fight, um, is probably slim, but who
0: knows. Um, I just wanted to check up on the eye after what was it, UFC 270 no. No, 220 221? Was it 221 with Lee? Oh, Lee. Jing Liang, yeah. How's so, the I eye after all that? Finger in the eye, um, yeah, it's it's not
1: as good as the right one, it's it's like a bit of a um degenerative thing where it's probably going to get worse. Uh, the, I, don't, I, didn't re- I didn't realize, I guess it's just a slow progressive thing, but I didn't realize until someone actually asked me, and then I sort of had a look at the eye I said you know what I said the left eye actually is worse and then I went to uh to the optometrist and they said yeah on your left eye you could actually you could actually use wearing a prescription because um you know I'd get some eye ache sometimes they said obviously the difference between the eyes is giving me a bit of a eye ache or a headache so yeah so because of that I actually have prescription lenses that I never wear but um but yeah I mean it could have been a lot worse you know what I mean it could have taken my eye out it could have been the last fight I had that's how I put food on the table for the family so Post fight, I was I was very modest about it and humble, and I was just like, ah, you know what, just pay it off. But you know, maybe maybe a bit of maturity. I thought back to it now. It's like, fuck that guy, man. He could have could have been the last fight I ever had. Hmm. Um, has, has there been but, any interaction uh, between you two since then? Now nah, we fought in Singapore, not the last Singapore car, the one previous to that. Um, we both fought there. Um, yeah, just to walk past each other, a bit of a nod. That's about it. But that's that's when I was, still, um, you know, that's when I was still in the mindset like just paid it off, just a young idiot, didn't really think too much about it. But now I'd probably, i probably, you know, chat some shit if I saw him next time. Would you Would you fight him again? Yeah, fucking oath. Yeah. Yeah, and I go and see next time. Obviously, my striking now compared to then is worlds different. So, and I think he he he, he hasn't improved at all. He's the same fighter. Um. All these guys, I don't, you don't see much improvement because people don't. People got, got to remember, I got in the UFC when I was nineteen. Now, when I fought Xin Liang, I was like early twenties. So I'm, I'm progressing and getting better. And these guys, they most of them getting into the UFC around their prime. Um, so for for me, it's that's why I've been in the UFC so long, and you know, I've been progressing. And for me, it's more of a marathon. A lot of these guys will get in during their peak, and it's sort of it's in and out. Get as much as they can while they can. Um, for me, it's it's gonna be a longer run. I'm gonna be by the time I'm finished with the UFC, I'm probably gonna be in there for 12, 13 years. Um...
0: You're good, dude. We'll um look. We'll wrap it up. I genuinely appreciate your time today, Jake. It's been uh, been awesome chatting to you. It's been awesome getting your opinion on the top fifteen. And uh, mate, I for one hope we see you in February in Perth, as is uh, as is rumored for Australia. I got inside word that that's being
1: canned, just so you know. Oh, no, we did no. Don't bad news. Why? <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. No. Oh,
0: that's a great I way to people, end the interview, Jake. I, I really appreciate asking, that,
1: mate. I had people messaging me asking fucking I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, so but yeah. <laughs> I think people saying they're booking their flights to Perth and I said just just wait. Um that's yeah, that's there's a bit of inside info that I got, so we'll see. But that's hopefully it. I'll get one i i want one more before then. Um, yep. you know, if I get one win before then, then hopefully that event would be a top 15 opponent in front of an Aussie crowd, which would be cool.
0: So, super, super cool. But yeah, yeah. No, nah, appreciate it, guys.
1: Thanks, man. Cheers, brother.
0: No dramas, mate. Thank you very much. We'll be in touch soon. Hopefully, when you get a fight booked, we'll get another chat in then, mate.
1: No, nah, whenever, whenever he's, whenever he's, uh, you know, stuck for a, a guest or anything, let me know. I'll jump on.
0: Hey, legend. Really appreciate, jump, that, jump, joke. appreciate that, that joke. You Thank you again, mate. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, we're we're, we're, we're just saying we're we're starting a petition to get an iPhone in your hands as soon as we can.
1: So. <laughs> no, it's on water, It's on water, it's, it's coming. All right,
0: mate. Thank right. you very much for your Thank time. There. You See you later. Cheers, mate. mate.